So we meet again. Welcome everyone to the Dr. Funk Podcast, Prince Edition. This time we're going to be dealing with anthology and the rollout of Prince's albums on digital streaming media from 1995 till 2010. That includes the Sony deal that was basically signed in June. And by the end of August, we get almost every album released from 1995 till 2010. Sorry, guys, that I've been away. Um, some stuff going on. I spread myself too thin and other things that I just kind of want to keep private. But I hope you guys understand and I will do my best to be more consistent. Just a lot going on in the world and not just Prince. Um, but... I guess my own obliqueness to stuff, um, you know, it makes it harder to understand where I come from and I don't try to be difficult or an enigma. Uh, I just suffer, uh, the same trials and tribulations that you all do. Um, no different in that regard. Um, but I, I'm very proud of the Sony deal that was um, signed in June just because I feel that Sony legacy is going to do him right. And as we're seeing with the Thursday night, late night, Friday morning, midnight rollout of those albums on from Spotify to Apple Music to Tidal to everywhere, it was really done on the radar under the radar. There wasn't a lot of fanfare, and that's something that Prince would do is just drop it, you know? There would have been more attention to it if there was, like, an announcement on Tuesday or something like that, but that's what Prince would do is drop stuff like that. And, of course, uh, some people, when they first thought it was Spotify only, were upset. Like, what about Tidal? That was his wishes to be on Tidal. Um and it is on title then it is on apple music it's everywhere and it's a lot of material that um the hardcore just love to tell you that they already have and that people that may not have experienced it may have fallen off in the 90s may have had other stuff going on a couple kids born or whatnot or not understanding his brilliance till after 42116 and look that's okay and um the hardcore fans have to understand that this is the new world we live in yeah you may already have it but there's a bunch of people that don't and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with prince's music being Shared, especially this material, which is so underrated. A lot of people don't know about it, as we're finding out with people's reactions to 3121 and Lotus Flower, <clears throat> that it's important. It's important for it to be out there. It's important for it to be easy, easily accessible. Look, I'm with you. 
I spent a lot of money on physical copies of stuff. CDs, albums, the CD singles that had the bonus tracks, the recordings I shouldn't have been purchasing, the videos I shouldn't have been purchasing. We're talking a ridiculous amount of money, probably close to where I could have bought in a house with it. That's how much money we're talking about. But hey, this is the world we live in where because of what happened in the early 2000s with Napster and other things that so we have an entire generation that didn't feel that music was worth paying for and the industry <clears throat> and what it was, it became its own worst enemy. You used to have singles that were played on radio that would be available on vinyl, a little single, then the cassette single, then the CD single. Then as artist had maybe a couple hits on their albums, if even that, <laughs> their albums just weren't that good. So they got rid of the single. And you can also blame Billboard for this, that they were allowing these songs to chart the songs that were singles before. If you didn't have a physical release single, it couldn't chart on the singles chart. So that kind of kept things in motion back then. But they decided that, no, you don't need to do that anymore. So then most labels went away <clears throat> with getting rid of the CD single where you had to purchase the entire album for it, especially when there's only two or three good cuts on it. <clears throat> and the albums back then were around $10, $11, $12. Sometimes the CDs were $18.99. You had those two good cuts. Then fast forward a few years later, you have iTunes and you can buy that single for 99 cents instead of purchasing the entire album for $18.99. So around 90% of their sales are gone. And in all honesty, it's more the record industry's fault than say Napster. And the reason for that being, and this is why we're in this streaming world, it's all going to tie in is that, you know, they became selfish. They didn't want the CDC anymore. They wanted you to buy the entire album. So you had these things and people didn't want to buy the entire album. So here comes something like Napster and Morpheus and a lot of these other things that when you were downloading from it would give you viruses, ridiculous viruses. So they created this and they hated Napster. How dare you take our money? How dare you're giving it away for free? not understanding that there was a problem of how much they were charging and people weren't willing to pay that anymore. So instead of trying to make a deal with Napster, because Napster at that time, before these other things, that was the main one that was used. So instead of making a deal with Napster to maybe control the music, have file sharing subscriptions like what the music MPG Music Club would be in a few years, they decided to cut its head off and shut down Napster. And then all these people went in different directions, creating their own file sharing programs, having little peer to peer networks. Um, there was even one uh, for Prince bootlegs as well. So they thought by cutting off Napster, you get rid of the problem. No, it created about a hundred more problems and the record industry just wasn't willing to catch up. You know, you had NSYNC selling 2.5 million copies in one week, mind you, of their new album. 
Yeah, Britney Spears is Oops, I Did It Again, selling $1.5 million in one week. These are sales now that sometimes take a couple years to do, and they were doing in one week, and they didn't have a problem with it, but they didn't see that more and more people were getting their music for free online as an entire new generation, a younger generation, and of course, maybe some older people looking for tracks that were hard to find and hard to locate. So here we are to where record stores are no longer in existence, to where you have to, um, for the record stores like, say, Amoeba Music that are around, where you used to find $19.99 for $2.99, it's now going to cost you $32.99 because vinyl is making a comeback, but um, the record industry is trying to find a way to capitalize on it. So they're charging more for vinyl. And the problem is, is that vinyl is an instant. As a lot of you guys who ordered the Nothing Compares to You from the Prince Hit and Run shop, as you saw, you ordered the uh, the item in April. Some of you weren't getting it until the end of July. And if you had it um, paired with some other products that aren't available yet, there's a reason why it's taking three to four months for you to get that vinyl. There's not as many vinyl pressing plants anymore. So it takes about three months for orders to be met. Now, just imagine Prince having to deal with this back in the late 70s, early 80s, and the majority of his career until the internet, that you had the music ready, and then you had to wait a few months in order for the records to be you know, pressed and all these other things. I remember back then there was a lot more plants. So it wasn't three months, but still there was a delay. So yeah, that's the reason why it's taking you so long to get your nothing compares to you single. If it isn't bundled with something else is because it takes three months to press a seven inch picture disc. So can you imagine Prince right now wanting to get new music out and there is a vinyl revival? And um, it's going to take you months to get that music out where Prince was constantly wanting to get his music out immediately. And in the mid 90s, he envisioned that the Internet would be the future. The streaming thing he thought would be the future. However, he thought he'd be getting paid more. He thought that people would be purchasing experiences for nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. And that was the only backfire of him being able to see into the future and understand that computers and other stuff will be ways to download the music directly to the fans is he thought that they would be willing to purchase it for $19.99, as we said. And that wasn't the case. But he continued to keep pushing. And as an older established artist, especially when changing your name to a symbol isn't exactly a way to sell more records. It's a way to get headlines and have people make fun of you. Um, like CJ, who now gets interviews with people that used to work for Prince, and I'm baffled by it, where you know she was so disrespectful to him and other things, and yet people are clamoring to 
lineup for. And I understand in Minneapolis, she's, um, you know, trusted source for stuff. And aside from the Prince thing, she didn't really have a grudge. Um, but that it's just mind boggling to me. So fast forward, you have 2000 Napster, all this other stuff going on, cut off at its head. See, these sales are slowly starting to dip. Prince is still figuring that music is the way to go online and understood that the problem with Napster and, and other things, they did create a problem by cutting the head off, but he wanted control of his music, not through a label, but through himself. And with the creation of the MPG Music Club, along with Sam Jennings, uh, that dream was able to flourish. Now, you paid $100 for a year's subscription. And also, not only with the music, you got the best uh, seats to his shows that was promised. You would be the first one to find about after shows, which Prince was doing a lot of back then. And Prince being the greatest live performer of all time when he was here with us, those things were just sign me up. Let's get the hundred dollars going. So you get like four tracks a month. And they also had it to where you could pay like seven seventy seven a month instead of the $10. And then you got some stuff, but you didn't get everything. There was maybe a one or two tracks depending on the month that you would get. That would be for the people that paid ahead of time, the hundred dollar membership. And you could always join in in the middle of it and be able to get the other stuff. Then you also got these really cool MPG audio shows which would be basically around an hour, and that is not on um, digital the digital platforms for streaming with this new Sony deal. But there also was times where he used other people's tracks and music, so you would need to get permission for that, and that would be a whole another thing. Just like with this uh, ridiculous lawsuit of the most beautiful girl in the world being taken from some artist in Italy. And of course, I'm sure Prince thought he wasn't going to lose it and other things and just decided not to show up in court because you'd have to go to Italy or try to do some document, you know, uh, testimony that would be pre-taped and shown in the courtroom. Uh, those weren't things that he was exactly like, sign me up for. Let's do it. So for that reason, now you don't have the most beautiful girl in the world and gold experiences kind of left without its quote unquote biggest hit. Although there is so many amazing songs on that album. So at the music club, you get, you get these things, you see them in concert, you get to see sound checks, you get the after shows. And let me tell you, like, um, I went up to the Bay area in 2001 early on in the music club's life. And we were getting a sound check and we're getting an after show, you know, and the sound check was crazy cool. It was the first one that he did for the music club. And he actually did a little bit of a Q and a with the fans, which was really cool. Just amazing. And afterwards, even before the main show, before the after show at the Fillmore, we were just kind of looking at each other like, I just got my $100 worth. So the rest of the music that comes out over uh, 
the next 10 months, it's a bonus. If I get to see him again, it's a bonus. You know, albeit Prince couldn't be everywhere in the world at one time. He tried, and I think with the music club, it let him know where his fan audience was and how many people were in a certain state or certain city and be able to um, announce these shows and book them and be able to make sure that they're also sellouts and also make sure that he's getting a majority of the profits before he was getting a million to two million a night. So um, those were ways for him to do it. And then, you know, with musicology, making the membership to $25 and still putting on the slaughterhouse and the chocolate invasion and other things. But also you had the concert sales that you would be guaranteed the best seats in the house and guaranteed access first to the after show concert tickets. Now could a music club exist in this day and age where you're getting literally cents to donuts for each stream and Prince's albums, unfortunately, even with 3121 debuting at number one to bring him as the final number one on the album charts, you had albums like Lotus Flower that came close, number two, and then you had other albums like Planet Earth, which was released stateside but overseas was given away with the Daily Mail, and then you had the 2010 album, you had the 21 Nights Indigo Nights, that was with the book. He was looking for other ways to capitalize because he didn't exactly care to be number one or felt he would be number one. So it's more important to strike these distribution deals, make money on the side, get paid up front because especially for an older established artist, he wasn't getting the money that he deserved. So that's somewhat worrisome right now. And people are wanting a music club. And people aren't understanding is that you're probably going to get five to 10,000 people that are going to subscribe to it, especially if it's newer material or whatnot. They're going to have people that feel still that they shouldn't be having to pay for music, looking for a way to, for it to be streamed, looking for a way for someone to post it on a site to where they can have access to it. Cause this is the world we live in. They're willing to see, they're willing to go see him in concert, but that's no longer an option. And they're willing to buy all the new t-shirts. So, uh, do you market the music with the t-shirts in order for there to be sales? Um, that's really difficult. But the main thing is, is that we should be really happy that all these albums are available on that platform. You know, New Power Soul's missing. There's a couple others, but you got your Crystal Ball Funk. You know, you got both raves. You got 3121 that people are discovering just how hot it was. Um, you know, Love, The Word, Fury, although I'm very partial to the Saturday Night Live version of that song, more so than the studio version of it, but 3121 had some amazing funk on it. And Lotus flower was very important with tracks like dreamer and just old school company 
setting stuff up. Even 2010, the magic of 2010 with future soul song, which, you know, we're hearing is from recorded a while before, you know, it sounded more so like it was, you know, a cut from the late seventies, early eighties that Prince had in the vault. Turns out it was in the vault, but, uh, you know, not at the year that we thought it was, but future soul song was amazing. And then you just had some other stuff, whether it was cause and effect, which I do not believe is on that set yet. And then you still have other stuff that hasn't been put back in the streaming services, or at least isn't available like hit and run phase one and phase two and artificial age and plectrum electrum. But you're having all this music put on to gain new a new audience and to keep people still interested in order for there to be uh, his legacy to continue. These things are important. And for people to kind of denounce like, oh, that they've had it, you know, you should have had it before if you're a real fan. Like just reminds me on the music club boards, you know, I'd have a little uh, blowback with uh, my boy Artie Hull because, you know, he'd be telling everyone that he was a fan from 81 that everyone else, you know, they, you know, they come in second, that they're not a real fan, that they haven't been a fan as long as him. But some Prince fans may not have been born yet or were too young to experience his music. And during the musicology era and seeing how many new fans were joining the music club and being part of that, and I just said, I enjoy the new fans because it's a younger audience. As Prince would say in his shows, in the 2001 hit and run tour that was part of the, you know, your MPG online and MPG music club start, you know, during Razor Beret, he would ask how many people have seen me before? How many people, this is your first time. Let's do this. Next time you go to the concert, when I come back to your town, someone old brings someone new. So how about we do that in the digital era? Your hardcore fan kudos it's awesome it's great i'm one too but let's uh open the eyes to people who may not have had the experiences you had bring someone new into the fold so his legacy continues so you'll get those recordings that you're wanting of unreleased material and live material see the big picture here because that isn't going to happen with just you you know we had our hero passed away at an early age for us. And I've been seeing a lot of people in the community pass away in those past two years. The new generation and the people that are just experiencing it, they, uh, they're loyal, maybe in different ways than uh, before for 2116. But let's not take away everything. And why do you have to keep bringing that up? Because it just bothers me so much. Yeah, he's no longer with us. There's nothing that we can change about that. And the longer that we continue to keep delving on it and doing this stuff, the harder it is for us to get over his passing. He isn't here. Fine. You got to remind me every freaking second. I see it on my Twitter feed. It hurts me in a different way that I can't explain. But the thing is, is he would want us to celebrate his music. I cannot express that enough. So... When the Sony deal is announced and they were extremely tight lipped on what was going to happen with it. And here they are. They put the music out on all platforms and people still find a way to complain. Even though if you read 
uh, the press release of this that they're planning on releasing vinyl reissues of all this product. So hello, there you go. You're going to get your physical copies, probably CDs as well. But as they understand that there is a vinyl revival and that's where the money is at right now. So I'm cool with the streaming. I'm not cool with how little money it's going to bring to the estate, which still hasn't been settled yet. So all these people that are thinking it's a greedy family and that all these things like the tax bill hasn't been paid yet. <laughs> like They have to raise that money. You know, it isn't just going to come off of purple trees, but um, I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful for it. The anthology, some people love it. Uh, the track listing, some people feel it's missing a few things. Like it's hard, of course, especially with someone like Prince who, you know, would have concept albums, concept websites for the albums. So he hated the idea of iTunes and having just the singles on there because he wanted the album to be listened to in full. So then they get the entire meaning of it. But he understood that it was a beast that he just couldn't fight. So a lot of the 3121 material ended up on iTunes, I think for $1.99 instead of 99 cents or $1.49. Then later in his career, releasing stuff on third iTunes before having an iTunes for a pretzel body logic and a lot of other stuff, including uh, the updated version of Extra Lovable in 2010, that was released through iTunes. So he understood to play the game. And for these people that are saying this isn't what he would want. Like, look, I was all about protecting him when he was here. Now we get to a point of where we have to protect his legacy. And we can't keep going, he wouldn't want this, he wouldn't want that. Because he was constantly changing his mind all the time. But these people were saying that he wouldn't want this. He he was dealing with title. He was willing to bring Spotify into the mix. He asked them to get all their songs down and gave them stare. Eventually, this stuff would have worked out to where it was on all platforms. You have to understand that, unfortunately, what we all realize and others don't is um, what Kurt Loder said before when Prince was here with us, that Prince will never be truly appreciated till he is no longer here. And that completely sucks. Sucks because Kurt Loder said it and that it's true. And when he said it, I knew it to be true, especially with Prince's stance on YouTube and all these other things that you weren't able to appreciate him when he was here because it was hard to find this stuff. And now here it is easily accessible that your niece and nephew can find it, that the person in the office that couldn't understand your love for Prince is going to walk in to the office this morning going, you know what? Da-da-da, I decided to listen to it. Oh, my God. Like this song? You'd be like, oh, yeah, that deep cut? Yeah. And I love these playlists that Janelle Monet has and Sean Lennon has. Like, this is important. And I just... <sighs> don't stand in the way of progress. Um, we have to learn to adapt and no one is taking away your purple pass for being a hardcore fan 
because now all this other stuff is easily accessible and then it can't be sold for hundreds of dollars on eBay or the cool five and dime site. You know, appreciate it that he's being appreciated because isn't that what it's all about? You know, yes, we have this little thing in our head where Prince is ours and we kind of don't want to share him with everyone. But at the same time, we want everyone to know how brilliant he was. And that can't be done if we're continuing to keep fighting it. So bring on the Sony deal. Bring on this being available on all platforms. Bring on the MPG audios being released. Bring on new Power Soul. Bring on exclusives that just drop out of the blue, like a purple pick of the week, some other stuff that he was going on, which is all all over there now. And he was working with title up until 42116. So stop it with that mess. But don't give people a hard time for just discovering 3121 or Lotus Flower and going, where were they then? It was hard to appreciate him. And we, we were the lucky ones, you know, the hardcore. We were able to see him and be there when it dropped. So if these people weren't, so what? It's their experience too. We need to, we need to stop it. You know, it's not helping the situation. Um, that's all I can say is I just think that his music being able to be heard on so many platforms and easily accessible is a good thing. Now, keep in mind, I don't have a title. Uh, I don't have the streaming service. I don't have Apple Music. I don't have Spotify. I still have my iPod that loads everything. And, you know, sometimes got to clear a few things out. But, um, you know. I think it's a good thing, and I may not be the most tech-savvy, but Tidal is something that he was dealing with, and the streaming service was something he was dealing with. I just don't like how little they pay the artist, but that has nothing to do with Sony not trying to do him right. I mean, look at the great artwork by Steve Park, being able to recreate a very famous image for us fans that went on the Act 1 tour on those t-shirts and other things. I'm... I'm happy to see it out there. I'm happy that Steve was the one that created it. Um, and that wouldn't have been without Sony reaching this deal and finding ways to get his music out. Because let's be real here. Bravado and others with their t-shirts and other stuff have kind of pigeonholed Prince into this purple rain era where the first shirts out were purple rain, the first shirts... I uh, had the Prince and the Purple Rain style writing. There was a parade shirt that I loved, but it had the Purple Rain Prince writing instead of how Prince had it in 86. You think that was going to hurt your shirt sales? Oh, people aren't going to know it's Purple Rain Prince if we don't put the Purple Rain Prince writing on it. So, uh yeah, they pigeonholed him into where he was the Purple Rain Prince. And from 84 on, as soon he couldn't finish the Purple Rain tour quick enough to move on to around the world in a day to make sure that he wouldn't just be the Purple Rain guy. For 30 plus years, he was fighting that Purple Rain guy. His only competition was him in the past. He was fighting that. And then what they do after he passes, oh, let's put some Purple Rain shirts. They should have been putting out those Third Eye Girl shirts or the piano microphone shirts with the Afro. And now... 
here it is. Sony is letting you know, hey, there's more than just a Purple Rain era. And uh, <laughs> the reality is, is that I don't think Bravado is happy with the shirt sales that they're having outside of Purple Rain Spectrum because they pigeonhole themselves. And the reality is, I don't think the estate is happy. No matter what anyone says, you can't be happy. Those t-shirts are not exactly the best quality. And we're going to get into that on a separate episode. But for the time being, I'm going to end this podcast so you guys can go to Spotify. So you can go to Tidal. So you can go to Apple Music, Amazon, wherever. And jump on. Do whatever you need to do to access those Prince playlists and just embrace it and then turn on someone new to it. Because if you're the hardcore, instead of just admonishing these people, embrace them, help them, show them love for another. Isn't that what it's all about, right? If you truly, truly, truly are all about Prince, that's what it should be about. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Um, I'm thankful to be here. Thankful that you guys are listening to me. I know that some of you miss me. I know uh, I deeply appreciate it. And um, I'm sorry. I hope you guys understand. I just have um, things I've been needing to deal with that I just really can't explain. But um, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Your opinions matter. I see it all the time on Twitter. Don't let it be uh, just because I may not agree with you on one subject. Understand that your voice is still important. And that's all that matters. Till next time, keep it funky.